are listening to the official podcast of The Congregation, a place of discovery with Pastor Tim Story. Um, We've been talking about formed. Uh, What does it mean for God to form your life? And uh, he forms us, I think, through four ways. He forms us through fellowship, uh, which Pastor Tim talked about last week. He forms us through relationship, which Pastor Paige is going to talk about today. He forms us through service, and I think he also forms us through leadership, the act of taking responsibility and leading. Um, I was, uh, this weekend, I, I go to the movies a lot. How many moviegoers? I, I go, like, all the time. It's, like, depressing. You know what's funny? Pastor Paige goes every week. It's so nuts. You, like, put me to shame. Uh, and I was at the movies, and there was... Sometimes I miss some films. I saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Has, has anyone seen that? It's an amazing, it's an amazing movie about Freddie Mercury's life. And when I was watching it, you know, some movies really make you think a lot. You know, some movies are like Kevin Hart movies, and you kind of forget them. No offense to Kevin Hart, but you kind of forget them right when you're done. You know, because he's like the same person in every movie ever in the history of all Kevin Hart movies. I think he just like transplanted himself to like another movie. He just walks from one set the next. Uh, But sometimes you see films uh, that you really remember, and I was, man, I've been thinking a lot about Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, Part of the reason why I've been thinking so much about it is because uh, two things stuck out to me in that film. First thing that stuck out was how gifted can a person be? I mean, sometimes you meet people and they are just gifted. They have something inside of them. And when you watch them do their gift, it's almost like you see a person who was like born for that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like every part of them, sometimes when you see singers, it's like watching Bruno Mars, for instance. It's like that guy was born to sing. He was made to sing. And it's hard to not see somebody like that and say, man, like it, it kind of is really, really true. This whole idea that there's the divine spark in somebody because you see it. We see it all the time in, in, in highly um, gifted people. The, the second thing that I, I felt watching that film was just how tragic it was. You know, uh, spoiler alert, but, um, you know, Freddie Mercury dies um, of AIDS, and the, the film talks a lot about how uh, basically it was right around the middle of his life when he started to get really famous. He really lost his way, he isolated himself. Um, he kind of lost his family. He broke up his band. He was in a series of bad relationships, and and he just isolated himself and and did a ton of drugs and and you just get such a sense of how tragic things can be when you live on the edge and you start to make decisions that do not serve you well. And it really made me just think how important it is to make the right decisions that I think step number one, you have to know that you are made in the image of God. Um, I think if you read Genesis 1, that's what you get. And if there's any one thing scripture advocates for, it is the value of a human life. It says that you were made by a good God out of love, and you were made in his image, and you have a divine spark in you. You have been imprinted on as good. There is something valuable in you. I think you see it in in the resurrection because of course in the resurrection we get redemption, we get salvation, 
but you do have to ask yourself, I think it says something else. I think I think salvation not only says that you will be saved, but I think it, it says that you should be saved. That there's something that says that you are worth fighting for. Every parent knows what I mean. You have your kids, your kids might go through stuff, but man, you fight for your kids. Why? Because you were there in the beginning. They were birthed out of love. You love them. And that even though they might not be able to see it all the time, man, you sure as heck should fight for them. Amen? And so it's been hard not to think about just seeing that movie. And, and again, Pastor Tim talking about last week the importance of fellowship, having the right partners around you. And it just goes to show, one, I think we are all made in God's image. But two, I think if you are made a certain way, there's an intent that is there. So there should be a certain way you should live. Right? And I don't think it's, how do I say this? I don't think it's penal. Like, I don't think it's like if you don't live this way, someone's going to kick you. I think it's like literal. Like, if you were made a certain way, then there's a certain way you should operate. And it's so much in who you are that it will affect, I think, the outcome of your life. For example, you know, I think regardless of your faith or regardless of, of, of where you are, I think forgiveness is really important. It's super important. You don't have to be a Christian to know that forgiveness can change your life. But it's because of Jesus that we know forgiveness changes your life. Amen? And so I just want to, before I invite uh, Pastor Paige up here, um, you know, there's a, a moment where uh, Paul is, he's, it's interesting, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is dealing with the church and and they're asking him all these questions about life. And even though they're all Christians, uh, they're asking him, you know, all these questions about what's going to happen to people, what's going to happen to us. And isn't it, it, it just, I think, speaks to the fact that many of the questions we all ask are universal questions. It's questions we all ask ourselves. It's a question we each individually ask, like, am I valuable? Am I a person? Um, am, am I worth saving? Um, do I have to live in shame? Can I be forgiven? Um, and so they're asking Paul these questions, and, and Paul has a brilliant answer. He sits down with the church of Corinth, and he's walking them through all these life questions. And, and in 1 Corinthians 15, um, they ask him about this, and, and he says this amazing verse that I love so much. He goes, earthly people are like the men of earth, but heavenly people are like the man from heaven. We have borne the image of man made on earth, but we shall also bear the image of the man from heaven. In 1 Corinthians 3, he goes, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, someone say glory, are being transformed into him as his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Paul is explaining to Corinthians how to think about life, how to think about your place in the world. And he wants to say two things. The first thing he wants to say is that you were made in the image of God. And it's a radical claim because I think we think it, but we don't really believe it. Because then you say, well, Pastor Stefan, if we're made, if we're good, why do we sin? And I would respond by saying, well, that's why 
Jesus forgives sins. Well, if we're good and we're valuable, why do we get sick? And I would say, Jesus is our healer. And there's something to be said about the fact that what is redemption really about? Redemption one is about accepting who you are, that you were created by a good God to do good things. The second thing redemption implies is that it is through Jesus, in and through Jesus, that God is redeeming the world. And you are part of that redemption. And what it means to be redeemed is, I believe, it's to be a renewed person who renew others. Well, what does that mean? I think to be renewed means to be transformed, say transformed. And I think we are transformed when we give our lives to Christ, when we accept the gift of salvation and then we join his people. The second thing I think what happens is we renew others. Well, if we're transformed, then we reflect his glory, say glory. And we do that when we serve and when we lead. We are a church of renewed people who are committed to renewing others. We are a church who does not want to sit on the sidelines of what God is doing, but to know that God is redeeming all things in and through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And because of that, we will be transformed. But we will not only be transformed, we will be transformed in such a way where we will bring heaven to every place we walk on this earth. Can someone give the Lord a clap and a shout? Stand with me real fast. I just want to pray today for this church, but also for Pastor Paige, who's going to give an amazing sermon about this. So just pray with me. Father, thank you so much for the gift of life. Thank you so much for creating us, for breathing life into us. But thank you for sending your son, for forgiving us of our sins, for redeeming us, for renewing us. Thank you for the privilege to be a member of your people, the people of God. Father, as we seek you as a church, let us be renewed people who renew others. Let us be a part of your project in creation. Let us be the kind of people that walk in the fruits of the Spirit. Let us be the kind of people that see healing in our lives, but are also healing in the lives of others. Father, as Pastor Page shares scripture today, shares the word today, leads our congregation, let us hear your voice. Anoint her for the task at hand and open our hearts so that we all might be transformed with ever-increasing glory. In Jesus' name. Give Pastor Page a clap. Awesome. Well, it feels good in here. Give two people a high five and bless them. And we'll get into the word right away. Can you imagine, can you, moms, you know, you pray for your children. And um, as I was standing there, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my son is praying for me so that I can come up and preach the word of God. Um, it's amazing. Um, God answers prayer. 
mommies and dads, God answers prayer. God answers prayer for your family. God answers prayer for your marriages, your finances. Someone say, God answers prayer. So Pastor Tim did a great job on teaching us last Sunday of form through fellowship. Today I'm going to talk about form through relationship with God. That is my specialty. Someone say, that's our specialty. Form through relationship with God. So let me just give you a little bit of an intro. Always rediscovering God's plan. As Stefan talked about, we are renewed people renewing others. But we are always discovering God's plan. And we are always discovering who we are in God. So God's projects right now is redeeming the world in and through Christ. So you may say, what is God doing in the world today? He is redeeming creation back to its purpose in him. Can someone say amen? God is redeeming creation in and through Christ. He's renewing us. He's renewing the world. He's restoring us. He's restoring the world. He's rescuing us. He's rescuing the world. That is what he's doing right now. And so we have to come to a place where we can participate in that renewing process. So you may ask yourself, what is God doing with my life? I would say to you, as the scriptures teach, he is renewing your life when we give him that opportunity. He's renewing our lives. He is restoring our lives. And he's rescuing our families out of the pit. As Pastor Tim says all the time, he says that thank God, I'm not what, what I used to be, but thank God that I'm going to do exactly the plan of God. There is a destiny in our lives through him. But we are to participate. Someone say participate. So in 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is why we have gathering groups in this church. It is the vital core of the church. The message of the church on Sunday mornings and the message of the church is going to be going out all week long through the gatherings, through the leaders that God's called to this church. He says that we are to reconcile. We are a message. We are ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting sins, man's sins against him. So there are action steps that I'd like to go over that we can uh, so I can impart to you. And often when I teach in the Women's um, Connect, I always say we have to be activated. We have to activate who we are in God. Someone say activate. So we need to activate our spirit man. So I didn't come here to talk to your flesh. I came here to talk to your spirit man. What is your spirit man? Your spirit man is where God dwells. Your spirit man is where the glory of God is. Your spirit man is your destiny. In your spirit man is your destiny. In your spirit man is your promises. Every word that speaks out of this church, every word that God speaks out of his mouth to you, every word that you read in the word of God is in your spirit man. 
And it is building you to do great things in Christ. Amen? So I didn't come here to speak to your flesh. I've come here to speak to your spirit. And through God's word, he will renew your mind so that your spirit man will become so strong and so full of faith in what God is doing in his master plan that your spirit man will override your flesh. Your spirit man will override your fear. Your spirit man will override your sickness and disease because it is through your spirit man that God dwells. Man, I think I'm preaching today. But it is so valuable. It's so, God says that I will form you through my word. So when you're saying, how do I have a relationship with Christ? Well, I'm going to show you and, and talk to you about it. He will form you through his word. He will form you through the scriptures. Someone say, I need the word of God. You do. You need the word of God. If you need to get from point A to point B in the spirit and in your promise and in your destiny, you need the word of God. You cannot do it. It is not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. So you need to become a spirit man. You need to become a spiritual person in order to achieve the things that God has for you. It is not by might nor my power, but it is by my spirit that I have given to you, that I poured out. And as you received me through prayer, as you received the faith of salvation, I poured out of my heavens, of my heart, of my being, I poured out my spirit. And it is a guarantee that you will succeed if you abide in me. It is a guarantee. Someone say guarantee. We're not standing, we're not doing this church. The Story family came from such dysfunction that we are not standing here by accident. We are standing here because we applied the word of God to our lives. We applied walking in the spirit. We sacrificed. We asked God, bring me the fire and I'll bring you the sacrifice. Fill me with your spirit and I will open up my heart. These are the things that we practiced for years and years and 30 plus years. And people look at us and say, wow, so many things, good things have happened. Yeah, we traveled over 70 countries. Yeah, we met hundreds of thousands of people. We have seen miraculous miracles. But it is because we applied the word of God in an everyday, daily routine in our lives. We had to fight those battles. We had to go through it to climb those mountains. Someone said, you got to climb the mountains. So I need the word of God. Also, I need prayer and I need worship in my life. Prayer and worship are a valid uh, substance that you must have in your life because you've got to climb and you've got to maintain. What do I mean by that? You've got to learn to climb. You've got to learn to maintain because you will climb mountains Pastor Tim talked to us about climbing the mountains. You have to have the wisdom to see that mountain and know whether you're going to go around the mountain. You need to climb the mountain. I would say to you, sometimes you've got to speak to the mountain. You've got to speak to that mountain through God's word. Not by might, not my power, but it is by my spirit. You will speak to that mountain. 
You will speak to that addiction. You will speak to that cancer. You will speak to that divorce. You will speak to your, and you need to speak God's word, and God's word is active. Powerful. Someone say it's powerful. So when you pray, you're standing and you pray, and God says, I want you to pray. Pray for what? Pray, God, that I make it. Pray that the devil doesn't kill me. Pray, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the job. I just, I just pray, Father, that you would open this door. I pray that you would give me favor. I pray that my kids will get off drugs. I pray that my, that my marriage will be healed. God, I pray that my body will be healed. God, I pray. And he said, no, worship God. You are majestic. You are powerful. You are all-knowing. I worship you. I yield myself to you. Father, you are more than enough. You apply the word of God. You read the scriptures and you pray and then you worship. You walk according to the spirit and you do these things and all of a sudden your spirit man, you become anointed. You become a power in God's hands. I've experienced this firsthand. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in so many people in 30 plus years of ministry. What is the secret to the power of God? Knowing his word, praying, and worshiping him. And that's where you're going to get into your destiny. Being formed through the relationship with God is an experience you don't want to miss. Why? Because in Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the shadow of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You will find rest. When there's confusion, when there's chaos, when there's fear, when there's doubt, you will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress in whom I will trust. Who are you going to trust in this world when things are going south? God says, find my refuge. We had the gals go over the, yesterday from Children's Ministry, and they said, Pastor Page, why do you do what you do? And it was a simple answer, because God gave us so much. He rescued us. He restored us. He renewed us. And all I had to do, I dedicated my life to say, I need to tell others what God has done. I had no idea that I would be a professional minister. I could have cared less to be a professional minister. I could have cared less about a mailing list. I could have cared less about a name. I just wanted to tell people what Jesus did for us. Because I found him as my refuge, my fortress, my one that I can trust. In Psalms 91 says, my God in whom I can trust, he will save you. He'll surely save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. You will find refuge. I was telling the girls, I said, you know, you know, Pastor Tim and Pastor Stefan and myself, I said, we are very messy people. We come to God with all our imperfections. We are messy people. We have problems like everyone else, but we know where the refuge is. We know where our help comes from. We know where to go when all hell is breaking loose over our lives. That's how we succeed. There is no other secret formula. Fame, money, who you know is nothing compared to who you know in him. 
Nothing compares to when you know I've got to get to the refuge. Someone say, I've got to get to the refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. When you're going through a battle, you've got to climb the mountain and maintain. You've got to climb the mountain and maintain. How do you maintain? You worship. How do you climb? You pray. How do you maintain? You worship. You stay still and worship and know that I am God. You maintain through the battles. You maintain through the fears. You don't do anything crazy. You don't walk in the flesh. You walk in the spirit. When you walk in the flesh, you'll mess yourself up. You'll mess everybody else. And you usually hurt somebody along the way. There's been times when I've made mistakes that I walked in the flesh. I walked in selfishness. I walked in manipulation. And I've hurt so many people along the way, including myself. I had to go back and try to repair. And God says, don't worry, just repent. And I'll redeem the time. I'll redeem your gifts. I'll redeem your future. Well, God, if you can do that, you're a God of miracles. He said, that's right. I'm a God of miracles. Someone say, he's a God of miracles. So you've got to take the word in your heart. You've got to speak to that mountain. You've got to pray and you've got to worship. Pray as you climb and you'll maintain. When you know him through the word, you transform. There was a chiropractor here in Yorba Linda. And I uh, used to go him for some, just some back strength. And um, we were talking and dialoguing. I was there for several weeks. And he was a Catholic here. He went to a Catholic church up here off of Yorba Linda Boulevard. And um, I was dialoguing with him, and he was, I was asking about his faith. And he said, you know, I just think there's more. I just think there's more to this thing with the kingdom of God. I said, I was raised Catholic. I love the Catholic church. There is more. So tell me how much you know about God. So he began to share with me about God and about the Virgin Mary and about the rosary and about the penance and this and that. I said, those are all great. I said, but there's more. He goes, I thought so. And I said, I can teach you more if you're open. And he goes, you know what I really need in my life? I need power. And I said, oh, you need power? You really need power? I said, I know where the power is. I know where the power resource is. He goes, you do? I said, yeah, have you ever heard of the Holy Spirit? He goes, yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? I said, yeah, but no. Have you ever touched the Holy Spirit? Have you ever encountered the Holy Spirit? He said, no, I've never done that. I said, okay, I want you to read God's word. I want you to read the scriptures. So he read the scriptures, and I, I told him exactly what to read about the Holy Spirit. He's the comforter. He is your power, and the word of God is power, and the gospel is power. And he said, and he came, and Jesus came, and he healed the sick, and he cleansed the leopards with power, and he was so intrigued. And so he was reading, and I had him do this chiropractor. I had him doing all this homework, and I kept going back for my back, you know, and uh, my, my back treatments. And he says, okay, so are you going to bring the power yet? I go, no, just you got to read more. I want you to read God's word. I want you to get the word of God in your heart because when the power comes, oh, it's going to hit hard. So what was I doing? I was building his faith. I was building his faith. Professional guy. So anyway, he calls me one day. He says, I really, I'm ready. I've read all your scriptures. I'm ready. Bring me the power. Are you coming to the appointment today? I'll be there at 3 o'clock. All right. So bring me the power. Okay. And so he goes, all right. So then he calls you back again. He says, okay, are you going to bring the stuff? 
I said, what stuff? You know, the, the Holy Spirit stuff. Are you bringing it with you to the appointment? Yeah, I got the stuff. I got the stuff. Because the Bible said, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and wherever you go, there is power. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Judd, I got the stuff. So I get there, and he's all excited, and he says, okay. And he closes every towel, his receptions. All right, we're leaving. We're leaving now. And they're like, well, where are you going? Oh, we're going on a lunch break. He didn't want to tell his staff. So he go, I go, where are we going, Dr. Judd? He goes, we're going to the Catholic Church. It's right across the street. So we went to, we walked across the street in the Orbelin Boulevard, and we went across the street to the Catholic Church. Nobody was in the church. They leave the doors wide open. That's fine. So we go right in there, and so I said, okay, Dr. Judd, so tell me what you read. So he, I said, all right, so I'm going to pray for you. And so he says, okay. So I was really quiet, you know, because it's a Catholic church. So I got intimidated. So I started saying, okay, maybe we should go light a couple candles first. <laughs> so we, we went over here and we lit a couple candles. I wanted to make him feel good. So then I came back. I wanted to respect his religion. So I came back. I said, okay, so Dr. Judd, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I said, okay, Jesus, Father, in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, why don't you just baptize him in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? He goes, what? I go, it's so quiet in here. I said, I don't want to get caught. Like, are they going to kick us out? And so he goes, well, pray over me again. So I prayed over him again. And so we're sitting there. He's sitting on one end of the pew. I'm sitting on the end of the pew. And so I said, I go, okay, God, just, just get him. Just, just zap him. Just go get him, God. Just get, just get him. And I can see this poor guy. He's just turned red, and he's totally sweaty. And he's like, and he's just praying so hard, like, give me the power. Give me the power. Give me the power, God. Give me the power. And he's got his little rosary there. Give me the power. Give me the power, God. And so finally, my charismatic side came in to me. And I went, all right, Dr. Judd, this is not working. I'm sitting here for an hour. And I said, listen, I said, I said, stand up. He goes, okay. And I go, put your hands up. He put his hands up. I go, stand right at that altar. Put your hands up. And so I went, Father, in the name of Jesus. I said, baptize him in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, Dr. Judd just starts screaming out. He starts speaking in other tongues. And the power of God hit him so hard. It's in the Word of God. So the Word of God is living. It's active, Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and active. In John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld him. Jesus is the Word of the living God. So when you get in the Word, when you speak the Word, when you know the Word, you are putting Jesus into your situation. And it is coming out of your spirit, man. And it begins to create life, the life that God wants you to live. In Proverbs 35, it says, the word of God is flawless. Isaiah 55, so the word that goes out of my mouth, God says, it will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish the desire and achieve, someone say achieve. It will achieve the purpose in which I've sent it. 
So Dr. Judd, I'm telling you, when he read the word of God, and then I said, and I prayed, and I believed, and I stood on the promises of God that he would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Years later, I was working at Hinderdon selling furniture, and he walked in with his wife, and he saw me there, and he says, oh, my gosh. He says, this is the woman that introduced me to God. And my manager heard, and all the people heard, this is her. And he honored me for years. This is the woman that introduced me to God. So as a child, I was so glad that my parents made a decision to attend a church. We were grounded in the church. I never forget, I was 11 years old. It took me to Christian, to Melanie Christian Center. And my mother and father made a decision to be committed to a church. Parents, you need to commit to be committed to a church. Why? Because you have a tribe behind you. You have a legacy behind you. When they finally got their act together and began to commit to the church, we began to find a relationship with God. I'm 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I'm looking and I'm experiencing a connection with God. We need to build as a family. We need to build as a church. I just want to close with this. In Discovery Kids, we teach scripture to your kids. By pictures, by graphics, by games, we teach the word of God in this church to your kids. We teach them how to pray. We practice prayer. The instructors are praying for your kids every week. Those instructors are praying for your kids so that they will know God. And they are teaching your kids how to pray. Come on, give the Lord a big, big clap. That's awesome. Chestnut now is going and taking teams back there in order for your kids to learn how to worship. To learn how to worship. Because one day they're going to have to climb that mountain. One day they're going to have to speak to that mountain. One day they're going to have to resist that temptation. And they're going to need to know their God. As the girls were here yesterday at my house, and they were sharing about the kids' ministry. Pastor Paige, we pray for the kids. They knew the kids by name. They knew, and they said, one time they said, you know, it was really sad because this, this one kid was coming, and all of a sudden he wasn't coming anymore. And he was very timid in the corner. He cried for his mom. He, God he came into the classroom. He was very acclimated. He got to know, he walked in like he owned the place, and all of a sudden he was gone. So they're trying to connect the pastors, or I mean the parents, they're trying to connect with him to say, bring him back. But we, we, we miss this little guy because he was growing in the Lord. Sometimes parents, we have to be mindful of what is happening. You're asking for God to bless you. You're asking God to prepare you. You're asking God to bless your family, to bring you a legacy of goodness and power. It is in your kids. Watch your kids. Be dedicated to those kids to know the Lord. So there was this little girl. And in the middle of it, she came in, and she's coloring, and she's doing all this stuff, and she's doing all this fun stuff. And right in the middle of class, she's five, six years old, and she says, who is God?
Excuse me, who is God? <laughs> wow. The instructor must have looked, leaned over to answer such a question. Who is God? What a privilege as a church, what a privilege as a teacher to answer that question to that little girl. We don't know her circumstances. We don't know if her parents are divorced. We don't know if somebody dropped her off or picked her up. We don't know any of that. We see this little girl on this property in our care, and God has said, start a church. Call it the Congregation Church, and I will bring them from everywhere. And there's this little five- or six-year-old. Who is God? When that girl, if that little girl ever finds out the answer, it will change the legacy and destiny of her family. When she knows who her God is, she will do great exploits. She will walk on solid ground. She will know where she's going. She doesn't have to fear. She'd be able to learn how to speak to those mountains. She'll be able to climb those mountains. She'll know where her refuge is. She'll know where her fortress is. She'll speak to her parents and tell them to walk in peace. God is more than enough, mom and dad. I've learned to pray. I've learned to worship. What we're doing here, guys, is chaos. What I'm learning here is peace through God. I remember seeing the chaos, but then finding the peace. Who is God? He is the Alpha. He is Omega. He is the first. He's the last. He's the great and morning star. Greater is he that is within me than is he that's in the world. He is majestic. He is faithful. He is good. Who is God? He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. Who is God? I don't think that message is only for that little girl, but it's to us. We ask that question, who is God? It will be a lifetime for her to figure it out. But even babes, even children, the Holy Spirit is gathering children and bringing them and pouring out of his spirit in such an early age. I've seen it all over the world. In Sweden, it was one of the biggest revivals over children, five, six, seven, eight years old. The Spirit of God just pouring out. And I asked the Lord one day, I said, why is it that you're so pouring out over these innocent children who don't even know your word, who don't even know who you are? He said, because the world is hemorrhaging. The generations are bleeding. There are 
There are holes in these places. He said, there are brokenness in the families. And he said, I'm pouring out of my heavens upon the children so that they will know me and cry out to me. Amen. Come on. Somebody get excited about that. Thanks for listening to the Congregation Podcast. For more information about the congregation, including gathering times, locations, and how you can give and support the community, check us out online at www.congregationchurch.com.